0: Welcome to the Access
1: VFX
2: podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness
1: awareness and opportunity in VFX, animation and games industries.
3: Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Access VFX podcast. With the current state of the world, young people face a bleaker outlook than ever. Access VFX is all about helping people from all walks of life step into and climb up within the industry. So in this podcast, we wanted to discuss how the industry is helping with this and what more can be done. We speak to Amy Smith from Framestore, Phil Atfield from NextGen Skills Academy, Peter Kemp from 3DME and Tom Box from Blue Zoo, as well as some special guests who've benefited from some of the activities we discuss. To kick things off, Amy and Phil discuss why this focus on new entrants is so important to access VFX and the industry.
1: The visual effects industry is also part of the the STEM community because although we're creating pictures and so we have that creative side to us, we we create those pictures by using computers um, and we require quite a lot of sort of science-based skills in addition to artistic skills and so like the rest of the STEM sector, we suffer from a lot of young people not realising how many career options there are for them in STEM and not choosing to pursue STEM subjects far enough in their educational careers. So teenage outreach is hugely important to Access VFX um, because it helps us to And show teenagers all the possible opportunities there are out there for them if they keep studying some of these subjects Um, and of course particularly that's an issue when it comes to girls Um, you know a lot of girls choose to drop out of STEM related subjects and of course people of colour as well so it's, it's very much part of Access VFX's remit to undertake teenage outreach for all of those reasons really. The nature of being a creative business you know I think a lot of parents just perceive the whole creative industries the whole lot as unstable freelance not guaranteed income and so not somewhere that they want their children to be because of course you know they want their children to be financially secure and and you know have a stable future so I understand that but Actually um visual effects, games and animation are some of the the very stable parts and the not are what so many parents describe to me as proper businesses. Um it's it's so funny when when we do have parents come in with say work experience or, or, or things like that and they walk into our reception and they go, Oh, but this is a proper company. <laughs> they seem to have this perception that we're all doing this in our garden sheds, which I appreciate we are at the moment, but um <laughs> Ordinarily, not so much. Um, you know, I think they think it's all a bit Bill Gates in his garage, you know. Um, and they're very surprised when you know you've got a shop front on Chancery Lane, as it were. So, um, I think there's there's a lot around how we present ourselves to parents. Yes, we're creative industries, but actually, we could present ourselves perhaps in a slightly more corporate way to parents to allay some of those fears. I think.
0: If you like me, you've ever stood on a an FE College open day to be faced up by um, shy kids being dragged around by their parents and their parents get to uh, your stand where you're promoting jobs in games and animation and visual effects and uh, you'll get a parent who says, well, I, I told him he shouldn't be looking at this. There's no jobs in this. It's dead men's shoes. You, you, you know, there's a perception from people who have only ever consumed the kind of stuff that we all make that you can't get in.
3: So Amy and Phil say a lot of these issues are around the career gatekeepers, schools and parents, but what can be done about that? Here's what Peter Kemp from 3DME thinks. You've got this
4: issue with um, engaging parents, and the research seems to suggest that if you're from a working class background, it's, you know, it's far less likely that your parents will be in a situation to advise you. So if we are reaching those parents, um, that's great but then it's also about converting uh, that parental engagement into actually action which the students can go and, and get actual skills and, and experience in 3D animation to start to make informed choices about their own futures. So it's about reaching the 25,000 schools, it's about reaching the um, reaching the parents who will then you know, help inspire the kids, but then it's also about the extra layer of actually giving the students experience. So you're gonna find in schools um, a lot of problems with what the curriculum dictates. And if you're in a school which is covering computer science, you're probably gonna be quite focused on the computer science elements, the programming elements um, to focus on the GCSE exams or the A-level exams which are coming up. And it's about giving teachers the tools to to go and teach uh, visual effects as part of that. So it might be through free software such as Blender. It might be through getting them to recognize how Python could be used. Um, to make visual effects, uh, but it's also through free courses such as the ones which have been developed by the National Centre of Computing Education, um, which are you know, ready to go six week courses in animation, um, which can be downloaded by teachers and put into the curriculum. So we are starting to see more resources out there for teachers to actually deliver them in lessons and moving beyond just making students aware and making teachers aware to actually giving them the tools and the resources to teach this in schools. You find that schools might be teaching computer science in quite a uh, kind of a siloed way. So they're doing Python, but it's all about command line programming. And, it, and sometimes students don't realize that Python is being used in the uh, visual effects industry. Um, so the things that they're learning in their computing and computer science lessons can be applicable to the, the games that they consume and the, the films that they watch and the animations that they watch. Watching some of the uh, industry professional um, animations can be a little bit intimidating. But at the same time, students can access these technologies in the comfort of their own homes. There are technologies out there such as Blender, which they could download and start making their own films um, tonight if they wanted to.
3: So if all this creative tech is easy to assemble on a home computer using tools such as Blender, how do we connect industry and teenagers at home? Tom Box of Blue explains one of our approaches.
5: Well, last year we wanted to host an event that connected young creatives with the industry to spark some career journeys and help them make that connection that if they really like creating things, they could convert that passion into a fulfilling career and ultimately be paid to do something they love doing. We also wanted to make sure this helped under-representation issues our industry suffers from quite badly. And to do this in a positively inclusive way so we collaborated with groups like We Are Stripes and Inner City Schools to cast the net as wide as possible. Then we collaborated with Screen Skills, 3DME and many of the Access VFX member studios. The event was a huge success. Kindly hosted at Escape Studios in central London, we put on a free multi-day event for schools and families to attend to get hands-on masterclasses from some of the very best artists and VFX and animation studios from across the UK. And the feedback we had from parents was truly humbling. They said it had given their children hope and ignited excitement at their career prospects. So we had big ambitions to build on that and do the same this year. But as events unfolded in March, we had to abort our plans for another summer school event. But we were really determined not to deprive young people of that same opportunity again. So we opted to move things online. But instead of doing an event spanning a few days, we thought, well, let's embrace this opportunity and do something bigger. So we opted uh, for an event that spanned the entire summer. And that's how the Summer of Animation was born. Again, collaborating with Screen Skills and 3DME. And the way it worked was it consisted of four elements. Uh, masterclasses hosted on YouTube, we had feedback sessions, uh, 3DME boot camps, and it culminated in a nationwide competition to find the very best young animators from across the UK. So the masterclasses were 12 videos hosted on YouTube released every week from member studios. The idea was to make them repeatable at home using free software such as Blender. So it's really all about that hands-on experience and practicing and experimenting. These masterclasses covered every step of the animation process from storytelling with ex-Pixar animator, Andrew Gordon, currently at DNEG, to concept art with Industrial Light and Magic, rigging with Framestore, animation with Blue Zoo, lighting and compositing with The Mill, to sound design with Jungle Studios. So it kind of, it it spans all those disciplines needed to, to make animations. Throughout these, we also encourage people to make their own films, but we also wanted to help them do this, not just lead them to their own devices. So we built a web portal to provide secure feedback systems so uh, children could communicate safely with industry experts and uh, educational establishments and given guidance on how to improve their skills and we had hundreds of people sign up from all across the uk again from 13 to 18 years old and we had tons of people from education and industry kindly volunteer to give that feedback and if that wasn't enough at the same time 3dme ran a virtual boot camp supported by the screen skills animation skills fund which has paid for by contributions from UK Animation Productions.
4: We ran two events for 3D AMI, and students were um, in teams of 10 students making a film across 10 days. And these students were putting together every single part of a 3D animated short. So this meant they were actually coming up with their own stories, um, they were coming up with their own concept art, uh, they, they were then storyboarding it, and then building every component of that film Animating it, stitching it all together, adding the sounds, and within ten days they'd made their own animated shorts. We had students coming and joining us from all over the country, and as Tom just said, because this was online, we could have anybody from anywhere really. And uh, we actually had students applying from all over the world, but we couldn't let them in, unfortunately. But uh, you know, this is obviously something which which has huge appeal, um, not just in the UK but elsewhere. And we had students from um, from. Uh, rural parts of Wales and rural parts of Norfolk um, who previously would not have been able to attend and they were just logging in and um, contributing to a film with with their peers and they were learning an awful lot too I think we had a couple of students who'd made films before but the majority had just done the basics and over the course of these 10 days they learned how to work as a team they learned how to take on feedback they learned how to give feedback uh, and they learned how to kind of iterate through um, through their film until they actually had something that was really really good. And we also had support from industry. So it's not just about students working together, it's actually bringing industry in, um, again, remotely, to give students feedback on their animations, to give students feedback on their concept art and their ideas. And and this was um, supported by a a couple of industry mentors who who popped on for the odd hour here and there.
5: So all of this culminated in a competition where all of these short films being made by young creatives could compete to win some amazing prizes, including expensive laptops from Z by HP and Interpre workstations. So we're really grateful of their support. And in the end, we had over 40 young filmmakers submit their work, who made some amazing short animated films over the summer. And then we had an expert panel of judges, including the world famous NFTS who helped judge these. And then to celebrate the end of it, we held an online premiere and award ceremony to announce the winners.
4: You know, a lot of students that we do engage with year on year are very into visual effects and animation, but there are very few outlets for their work. And one of the things that we set up this year um, was this national competition. And it's great to finally have something which we can, you know, we can celebrate the work of these students. And, um, and one of the students who won it was an ex-3D Annie, uh, alumni. Um, who, you know, working on his own um, year after year, finally found through the last year, worked with us quite heavily last summer, and then put together this, this wonderful film this year, uh, which won the national competition.
3: And that winning film that Peter mentions there was created by Josh, who won the 16 to 18 category. Tom met up with Josh and asked him some questions about the experience.
5: So congratulations on winning the, the Summer of Animation competition in the 16- to 18-year-old category. You made you. an amazing, amazing film. And you won a pretty amazing uh, Z by HP laptop as well. Yes,
2: Yes. How, exactly. how do you feel about that? It, it's really surreal, really. Um, when I entered that, I didn't actually think that I'd win. But, yeah, it all just happened so quickly. It's, it's really surreal. I'm at Sixth Form College at the minute. Okay. Um, I'm studying maths, physics and computer science. Uh, I wanted to do art, but they weren't running it at my school and it would have been difficult for me to find another place that that did computer science as well. So I decided to um, do physics instead of that. But I I do a lot of 3D work and sketching outside of school anyway when I can. Um, So I'm just trying to build that portfolio up as well as work on
5: the A-levels as well. Amazing. I'd love to know how you kind of got into animation in the first place. How, Where did that start for yourself? Um, it was about, it was quite a while ago. It's about four
2: years ago, I think. Um, I was out of school for a while.
5: I wanted to learn how to
2: make uh, video games. I just like something to do in my free time. So I, okay. I uh, found out about Unity and Unreal Engine, and I played around with them for quite a while. and made some really terrible stuff, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was just having fun with it, and then um, I started to try to look into how to make my own models for it and assets. Um, and I found Blender like used a lot throughout forums and things, so I, I thought oh, I'll try it. And I followed this tutorial that was way too advanced for me, um, <laughs> and I I thought it was too confusing, and I just left it for like months. But I I came back to it because um, I found Blender gurus. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know about it. He's done a tutorial. And I, I followed that through. It took a while, but I, I got there in the end. Making um, donuts. Yeah, it's oh, it's amazing. But um <laughs> yeah, and then I think he mentioned in one of his videos that um I think it was Subsurface, he said Pixar developed this for, for Toy Story or something. And I was like, Oh, this is what Pixar use or like you know, same technique. Mm. And I was like, that's and it just like hit me. I was like, Well, this is kind of cool. And then after I did the first render, I was like I want to do more of this. So I sort of just forgot about Unity and Unreal and things. And I just sort of focused on Blender and making, I followed like every tutorial that he did on his YouTube channel. There's a lot of Uh, them. There's a lot, yeah. Uh, I have a whole folder just full of his tutorials. But um, yeah, and then I started making my own stuff following that because it taught me how to actually, um, you know, how to get the skills to do it. Um, and I started that. And then animation sort of came in later.
5: Excellent. And then coming on to the summer of animation, how did you hear about that? Um, well, I was at 3D
2: Ami last year and uh, I met Peter Kemp. I sort of kept in contact with him after the event. And he he would email me these things every now and then. And summer of animation was one of them. He said, you might be interested in, in this. And I, I looked at it and I was like, yeah, this is this is perfect. Because I've been trying to like do shorts for myself. Um, over like a couple of years, yeah. um, so I thought this is actually something that can actually motivate me to do it and actually finish it because I always start them and I never finish them.
5: So do you feel like that way the the three uh, DME really was that stepping stone to? to yeah, to, definitely. To so much,
2: came, so much, so much came out of that. It was, um, it was crazy, really. It all yeah. sort of started from there. I I heard about them on the Blender conference and they were one of the lineups. Okay. I looked into them a bit and I thought, this is, this is great. This is exactly what I want.
5: Fantastic. And so the, your, your winning film, um, where did that come from? What, where did you
2: get the idea? Oh, it, don't ask me. I have film? no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, came up with a really simple story because I didn't want to try to you know, tell an epic tale in one minute yeah. and 20 seconds. I just thought I'd try and keep it as simple as possible.
5: Uh, well, yeah, congratulations! It, it's a it's a beautiful short film, and the fact you made it in two weeks is is even more impressive. So, hats off to you! Thank um, you. And did you get feedback in the I did, process? Yeah,
2: I submitted it for. I think um, I'm not sure when the f- the feedback deadline was, but it was quite close to when I actually started. <laughs> so, got it. okay. So I, I i I threw together. I hadn't rendered anything at that point, and most of it, like only. Say like maybe thirty percent was animated, so I just sort of threw what I had together and submitted it for feedback, because I mainly wanted to get feedback on the story because that 's what I felt like I was worst right. at, and also any ideas for sound um, yeah i sent I sent that filming for feedback, and I got feedback on it, which was which was nice it was it was motivating to actually know someone else had watched it. Um, i did that and i think it did help in a lot of ways with the story just to get reassurance that parts of it were yeah. working and parts of it weren't um so it was just useful because obviously it's just me watching it i i don't know if it's good because i've spent too long looking at it
5: um so what are your kind of future ambitions then
2: um well i'd like to work as an animator i think um at a studio i was thinking about yeah. lighting as well because I, I enjoy okay. that as well um yeah. Animating it, any studio really. I'd like to go into film. I think feature yeah. films, um, or yeah. uh, some form of animation. I think
5: cool. I think that I think the nice thing going into it at your age is that all the different uh, industries from animation, VFX, and games—they all use that similar kind of set of skills. So if you know yeah. Blender, you can then figure out. You can try a bit of each and then figure out where 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 to go uh, yeah. from there. So what mm-hmm. what is, what do you hope to do after you um? finish your a levels then. um i'd like to get an apprenticeship
2: somewhere Uh, i was i was considering Bournemouth university because i heard they were good for um computer animation but i feel like i'd like to get a bit more hands-on um in in a sort of apprenticeship rather than just learn the theory um but i'm still not i'm still sort of in limbo at this stage i gotta start sending applications off and that soon so i'm just sort of trying to figure out um what to do at this point, but yeah. not a rough idea. well
5: There's quite a few options, isn't there? And yeah. there's uh, animation apprenticeships coming through very soon as well. So you have oh, to keep okay. a, keep an eye out for that. But excited to say, you've uh, got an, a workplace at Blue Zoo. I know this. I couldn't. Oh, I was yeah. so happy about that when I got that email, <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. I, I showed your 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 finished project to all the um, the executive team at Blue Zoo, and everyone was so impressed with it there wasn't a minute's hesitation to, to say that you you know we need to get you in to to do some kind of work placement which will hopefully lead on to you know as you say in an, an apprenticeship or something like that because your you know your your talents show themselves in in the short film you you made so it is uh, thank you, an amazing piece of work and again to do it in two weeks is even more impressive but thanks again for uh, chatting and Look forward to have you at Blue Zoo next year when we're, when we're all back in the studio. Yeah, absolutely. And, Thank you. And it should be really, really exciting and look forward to see what, what you make. Thank you, Josh. Cheers. Thank you.
3: So there we have it. Evidence that all of these activities join up to provide a real path into industry. Another proven route that has been developed is the Next Gen Skills Academy. So what's that all about?
1: At a very early age in this country, you, you sort of have to make a decision between being an arts... Student or a science student, and that completely negates the fact that there are so many industries out there of, of which we're one where actually both of those skills are useful. Um, and there was a real, you know, that was where we first uncovered this real lack of awareness and understanding of, of us as industries. <clears throat> and so, NextGen was created to try and address all of those problems, to try and create a course that combined those skills. But then also to be able to reach those young people to come onto the course, to encourage them to be developing those skills and encourage them to keep pursuing those skills and to be educating schools and teachers and careers advisors that there are opportunities for students who say, I'm going to do art and physics at GCSE. You know, um, that's not a problem necessarily. So uh, that's that's where it all came from and, and why we went to government really and said, you know, we need to do something about this. Our, our education system is failing our young people um, for so many opportunities. Uh, and government essentially said, go prove you can change it. So we did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the whole NextGen project was, has been a little bit ahead of its time. Um, but it came out of a, a report by, you know, from the great and the good of the VFX and games industries. Um, but it seems to have taken the, the rest of education a little while to catch up with what we've done, which is essentially writer qualification um, with industry input or industry actually describing what needs to be in it to cover the basics skills that you need across animation and visual effects and games. Um, and then to structure those that, that, that knowledge into ways that you practice it to to prove that you you know you, you've got the knowledge and you can apply it. Uh, so the assessment isn't just all exams; it's also things you make, which is very important. Um, and then that is now the it seems to have become almost the blueprint for the kind of things that Ofsted look for in excellence in further education. And the next-gen course is hitting all of those because the intent is to um, get young people um, fired up with the skills they need to be able to perform in industry from an early uh, stage in their learning. Um, The the implementation is happening with industry still being involved with the qualification and still doing um, ever increasing amount of engagement with the students in terms of master classes and work experience opportunities. And the impact that we're seeing already, the best example, and my my personal favourite, because I spend a lot of time helping recruit apprentices, is that the um, students coming off next-gen courses are being um, picked up in a greater percentage than uh, students from any other course.
3: As Phil said, the next-gen courses have provided an ideal path that leads into the VFX apprenticeships that have been running for a while now. But do these apprenticeships actually work? I spoke to two young former apprentices to hear their experiences firsthand.
6: I'm Matt Sherwood. I'm, I was an apprentice back in 2017 at uh, one of us. Um, and I've been there ever since, actually. So I'm now a fully employed, a uh, full-time employee there, um, working as a match mover. Uh, I, I mean, first off, it was like an absolutely amazing opportunity. Um, I've said it a few times that like I, I really was interested for like a long, long time within movies, you know, how everything's made, where it be, how it's shot or how it's edited or what effects are applied to it. And um, I was really was trying to look around for ages, trying to find a university but and try to find a university that I felt, you know, would offer like a, 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 a more, much more technical kind of side to, to looking at how uh, films are produced. And I had all these universities lined up, but every time I kind of came from an interview, you had this um, response and I kind of got this impression. that It was quite a large kind of blanket, you know, and and you sometimes go to these universities and they talk about um, using software that just isn't used in industry um, or like very, very basic kind of um, skills. Um, And I was slightly disheartened by this fact because I really want this. I knew this was something I wanted to pursue. But I, I wanted to make sure that I you know I was getting basically getting my money's worth, so to speak.
3: Yeah.
6: I mean, I know it's a, a huge thing at the moment anyway, with how much <laughs> university students pay. But um, yeah. yeah, the apprenticeships just like this absolutely fantastic opportunity. So I, I, I basically go into the industry, learn in industry, learn tools and skills that are you know industry standard and the best part is i don't have to pay 9 grand a year for it so
3: no right you get yeah, you get paid on the other end, exactly
6: right? and i get and i get paid so yeah absolutely fantastic i just it's just an absolutely golden ticket so we had a six week block where we were in every day um at a college just kind of kind of rounding out skills uh-huh. so it wasn't solely something 3d we did a bit of 2d as well um just kind of just kind of making sure that we had a good general knowledge base for um, basically VFX. Mm. Uh, it's all well and good, you know, specializing in your skill, but if you can't talk to other artists in different departments, then yeah. it, it makes things difficult. So it was just a really good kind of ground base. Um, and as far as as, as mentoring went um, on the job, um, yeah, I had a really a couple of really brilliant soups who just kind of held mm. my hand initially that um, really kind of let me, the my own thing i i started off i think my first project for doing projects um was the second jurassic world wow as a, as a first project so that was really really fun so and i was a huge fan of the franchise anyway just been able to see go around the computers and just see everyone doing all these dinosaurs running about it was pretty pretty epic <laughs> yeah, i remember first first time my, credit, my name came in credits you know you're a little bit taken aback you're like oh it's me you know and and uh yeah, start on the Instagram, message me more afterwards going, guess what? You know, it is it's um it's just such a cool feeling. And it's and it's like almost immortalized in a way, because you're always there on the end of of what can potentially be like people's favorite films or yeah. yeah, it's it's just awesome. I always, you know, growing up was oh, you're spending too much time on the computer, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um now ironically i'm working from home on my computer most yeah, days
0: um
6: but it's it's absolutely not like a flash in the pan job like i say. Mm. i mean you you also have not only the opportunity to to kind of work on on media mm. but um the opportunities aren't just solely based on um kind of what you create you've also kind of got location opportunities so to speak so obviously not at the current in the current climate but vfx um is you know, usually you've come to London, so you've got the opportunity to work in like a big, great city. Um, there's also opportunities abroad in, in Canada, so like Vancouver and Montreal as well. Um, so not only is it like a job that is um, really kind of fulfilling, or at least I think so, is you've got the opportunity, some amazing opportunities to go visit elsewhere. Um, and also um, I've had the fortunate opportunity to go on set as well in right. my job. So um, I've been able to you know, go out to different locations you know see some stars and you know kind of assist with filming which has been brilliant so
0: yeah
3: already right you know. yeah already yeah years. 20, 21
6: years old man so
3: i've got a couple of other questions um one is around um again it's it's almost i guess it's something i'm trying to kind of imagine i'm a a parent listening to this and a lot <laughs> of the uh, the reports that came out during the height of the pandemic particularly when some people unfortunately lost their, their jobs and there was some redundancies that this is an unstable industry yes you know, it's, it's moving on from this isn't a proper job to actually this is unstable and i don't want my kid doing this I and mean, what's your answer to that actually, you're both clearly working you're both from home you're both getting your the day job done from wherever you are in your your home so what's your response to that
6: i personally haven't been furloughed throughout the entire of the pandemic and um, i'm very fortunate to have not been and obviously some have
1: mm-hmm.
6: um and the industry did take a hit because obviously yeah. During the pandemic, filming had to stop, but uh, we we see now already, people have worked around it, we've kind of come up with solutions, and filming has kind of resumed, and uh, filming has come back in. I mean, um, an interesting one was, um, we've just heard recently that Liverpool uh, got put into its its highest tier of um, um, the lockdown um, yeah. system, um, but there has been reports that uh, Batman's still filming in there, so. Right. The the way they're coming approaching this is making this big bubble, the crew's in a big bubble. So stuff is still getting done, stuff is still getting sent to us, and we're still able to work from home.
7: I'm Jacqueline and I have been a apprentice for I think it's two years. Um recently bumped up to junior T D at the mill. Um I'd say long story short, <laughs> the apprenticeship was one of the best things that I could have ever asked for. Because I originally went to university, and I'm not going to name drop any. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, no university shaming. Thank you, Jack. Uh, uh,
7: but I did. I attended. I think it was three months, and I mean, it was to me, it was a bit too slow. And we would taught stuff that they would the tutors would say you're not really going to use this or. Uh, we're going to teach you because it's part of the curriculum but it's not really in the industry it's not really used for example mm. uh, meanwhile when i joined the apprenticeship it was hands-on didn't throw you completely in the deep end but kind of basic knowledge we would talk basic knowledge and then just on a job and we learned everything from from there So we we were partnered up or in our case uh, we were partnered up with the lead in our company on a job and they mentored us through the whole time so we had i think it was uh, a month of kind of basic training where we were taught how to or basic tasks in my case it would be nuke the program Mm -hmm. for compositing Uh, and yeah it was quite in depth uh, but after that we were introduced to someone a lead of a project in my case it was for now the released hbo watchmen And yeah, from there, it was mainly we sat at our desk, and the leads told me, Any question you have, ask, because that's if you don't ask, you're never going to learn. You can't Mm -hmm. just sit there and, you know, kind of suffering (laughs) on your own. Just ask questions. And even if you think it's a stupid question, there's no such thing as a stupid Mm -hmm. question. Ask everything and every everyone there at least in my case at the mill is ready to share their knowledge everyone Mm. nobody wants to keep their own secrets it's yeah
3: i mean as a first show to work on i mean working on a hbo property like Watchmen, i mean that must have been mind-blowing for your first
7: yeah your first gig Um, yeah i was amazed at the amount of skill that everyone in the building has is is fantastic it's like working a job that you love you're you're not working a job You're not working a day in your life if you're working a job that you love. So if that's all working well,
3: what more can be done? Peter and Amy give their thoughts on what the government can do to help more young people get into employment in the industry.
4: You've got this issue with um, engaging parents, and the research seems to suggest that if you're from a working class background, it's it's far less likely that your parents will be in a situation to advise you. So if we are reaching those parents... um, that's great but then it's also about converting uh that parental engagement into actually action which the students can go and and get actual skills and, and experience in 3d animation to start to make informed choices about their own futures so it's about reaching the 25,000 schools it's about reaching the um reaching the parents who will then you know, help inspire the kids but then it's also about the extra layer of actually giving the students experience and in terms of what the government can do here um, it would be about supporting more out of school clubs, so you could have 3 d animation and visual effects happening out of school clubs. Um, you could also have it happening in the classroom as as part of the curriculum or part of clubs and if it 's part of the curriculum, then the government needs to encourage these sort of things through through the curriculum through having a a broad Curriculum at Key Stage Three, um, a broad curriculum for a Key Stage Two, having children uh, not just learning towards GCSEs or learning towards their SATs, but actually experiencing a whole range of different technologies, a whole range of different skills, including uh, visual effects and animation. And if you got that into the schools, then you give the students the experience built on top of um, them being inspired and supported by their parents.
1: Well, for a start, up subjects don't form part of how schools are assessed, so the, the English Baccalaureate doesn't take account of art, music, drama, any of those uh, subjects, and as far as we're all concerned that's a problem. Um, in this future that we're rapidly moving towards, it's the, the musicians and the makers and the creative thinkers who are going to outlive the AI, you know, Um it, it, those skills are going to be so important and, and actually the notion that a scientist doesn't think creatively is a nonsense anyway um you know there, there, there's a lot of application of creative understanding that isn't just making art um and I think that's something that our education system fails to recognize a lot of the time so um I think t-levels is a step in that direction and it will be interesting to see what the rollout of t-levels does to the educational landscape if, if it's successful or not um, hopefully it will be Phil and I have both been quite heavily involved in the design of one of the creative t-level routes so we, we have our fingers crossed but it doesn't even roll out to students until 2023 so um, we're a way off knowing how successful that will be.
3: If it's more about getting practice and awareness of jobs what more can be done to help?
0: I think work experience for young people is going to be key to making it um, apparent that there's space out there, that there's, there's a job for them. So one of the things that's coming out of um, our COVID experience is that virtual work experience is becoming a real thing, and I don't think it's going to go away. Um, and I think companies are going to find that a lot more manageable than anything else. And, and in a lot of ways, I think it's going to be far more relevant to the generations coming up behind us than we ever thought possible because they're going to be working remotely um, and they're going to be working digitally. And if you want to have um, some kind of secure future in the world, what I I say to parents, Amy, now is, do you want your child to be someone who's providing a service or do you think they're going to be better off if they actually can make something Mm. that people want? Which can can be framed within a you know a service provision because let's face it I worked in a VFX company I ran a VFX company we were servicing someone else's vision a lot of the time but um, I think for for young people with the prospect of AI and globalization the best way forward to try and have a, a meaningful uh, a, a fulfilling uh, working life is to be able to make stuff and contribute to a team and be part of something bigger than than just you in your bedroom. So I think that, that practical um, outreach of virtual work experience, I think we're going to see is being going to be key in the next two to ten years because of changing um, the perceptions of young people coming through school and getting them ready for the idea of, there's someone to go to many decades ago when i was sent off to go and have a look at what a job might look at but like it was being taken into a bank because that's what was local that isn't, that's the fact that we are now looking beyond just our localities that's a good thing i think
5: i think also what's what's proved that has worked in terms of that inclusiveness from a, uh, a remote working a remote learning point of view is is the remote internships that have uh, happened this summer. I mean, Amy, do you want to talk about what you did with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we we were really keen to still be able to run our internship, but <clears throat> had to revisit it slightly. And so what we offered up was a um, an internship competition, essentially. So we invited people to apply as teams. And then they had eight weeks to, in their teams to create a 30 second short film. And those films were mentored and supported by Framestore artists. So that included, you know, having people look at their work in progress to give them feedback. It also included them having um, daily sessions with our supervisors. And then at the end, their their projects were judged by some of the best supervisors in the industry, external to Framestore as well as internal. We we didn't just have Framestore judges. So it was a really great opportunity for those young people. And we had uh, people, interns spread all the way from Vancouver to, um, I think the furthest one was in Hungary. So we had interns right across the world um, working on those films. So it it certainly proved the point you were making just then, Simon, about, you know, opening up opportunity because historically our internship has only ever been on site in our london and montreal offices so you had to have the ability to be in london or montreal for eight weeks so a- absolutely it, it was an amazing opportunity yeah. i think
3: that's great to hear that in such uncertain times opportunities have existed over the last few months even during
4: lockdown but where can you go from here
3: here's what our guest had to say
4: so you've got the uh, the code club organization running 3d animation sessions which i helped co-develop and that's code clubs happen all over the country it's worth checking out a local code club and seeing um if they are going to be running through the animation or if they're not ask them to run through the animation sessions and if you're in school or if you're a teacher um, just uh trying to look at how you could fit in the 3d animation Uh, national center of computing education scheme of work into your computing curriculum or into your uh, media studies curriculum or something like that to to really give students the opportunity to to do some 3d animation in their own time and if you're a teenager looking to do 3d animation um, highly recommend blender it's free to use it runs on rubbish old computers um, which you might have you know an old laptop at home it'll still work Um, and you can pick up uh, tutorials online for free and just teach us the basics and then when you've got the basics, hopefully apply to 3DME next year or enter um, your story into the national competition and uh, and win big prizes.
0: Over the next six months, uh, two of them. One is gonna be the Start Profile platform, which is a careers advice um, uh, facility that's free to schools and students and parents. Um, And you can go on there and you can explore information about various jobs and you're going to see over the next six months certainly in the um, next gen profile on there which has got employers like French Door and blue zoo and uh, sony and centroid and playground games i believe um they're all going to be putting on little tasks uh, under the umbrella of the next gen platform there which will give people an, an ability to try something out again the making idea and to learn a little bit more about what they like and what they don't like. Um and we're the other place to go for, I think come January is going to be Cave Academy, because I believe they are ordering um, launching a, a Saturday art and CG art club. Which sounds um really ambitious, but if you are yeah, if I was thirteen and I had a couple of hours spare on a Saturday I would be getting into um, what's being offered by Cave Academy come, come this January because it looks to be very exciting. If you uh, want to know more about um, visual effects apprenticeships, you can go to the Next Gen um, website, and there we—that's where you can um, uh, find a, find some uh, case studies from um, recent apprentices, and also um, sign up to you know to register interest in applying as and when. Um, opportunities come open so that's the that the next gen website is the aggregator of interest for the visual effects industry in London basically so that's a very good place to go uh, and aside from that if you want to look at um, more detailed information about the range of jobs um, that are available in the animation games and visual effects industries go to the screen skills site because um, they've got some good resources there now which are, Give you some hard facts as well, like what you might expect to earn, and that's one of the things which um, could sway a few gatekeeper parents (laughs) to see that you know the the as yeah the 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 average salaries are um, above the national average, and the industries do contribute um, to the, the you know the GDP of the nation quite substantially.
1: So there's discovercreative.careers that includes opportunities in visual effects games and animation, but also looks at the creative industries more widely, which I think is really useful for people to sort of compare jobs and opportunities. There's also, if visual effects and um, animation is where you want to be, there are a couple of um, really great uh, sort of short course training opportunities out there. So uh, the BFI run an academy Um, where they offer a visual effects component to to that, which um, a lot of our runners and things have done that training. Um, There's also 3D Ami as well, who do some amazing um, opportunities for young people in school holidays and things. So people should definitely check them out. Um, And then I feel we would have done you a complete disservice, Simon, if we didn't say that every young person on this podcast right now needs to immediately go to the Access VFX website and sign up for a mentor. Absolutely. Um, I was hoping you'd that say is that. the number one thing that they can walk away and do from this podcast. So I wanted to make sure that, that we said that for you.
3: Excellent. Yes. www.accessvfx.org forward slash mentors. As you've heard on this podcast, there's a huge amount of work being done to open up the industry to more people from as many backgrounds as possible. But there's still a huge amount of work to do. And that's why we feel Access VFX is so important to help push everyone forward together for the benefit of all, for a more inclusive industry that we hope will lead to amazing opportunities and fulfilling careers for thousands of young creatives. there we go end of another access vfx podcast we really hope you enjoyed it to find out more about what we discussed our mentoring program and events we're at then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media big thank you for listening and until next time
4: bye